This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Jealousy for me really resonates from my childhood, like traumas and wounds, and that was abandonment issues, you know, just having my mother kind of leave the family thing and, and not be with us and my dad having to give up everything. So um, when I dare, when I anytime jealousy came up for me, really, the underlying root was abandonment and not feeling like I'm priority. Welcome back to Open Lane Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Espandiari. And this week, I brought back my most requested guest ever, 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 ever. The people <laughs> always want to hear from my husband. I don't know why he's so popular. Um, why? I don't know. Because I got a different perspective. <laughs> you have a lot of you people know. with a lot of perspective on yeah. here. They want to know. They want to know. They want to know from you. They want to see the other side. Yeah. I get it. So Pasha Spandiari here going to bring you the inside scoop on what it's like to be married to me. We haven't done this in a year and a half. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a long time. Um, so we're going to go through our relationship. We're going to update you. We're going to talk about the babies. And um, I have some news for you that I'm going to share at the end of this episode as well that, you know y'all have been waiting for and then we're going to do a little Q&A. So, he's going to get to do an asking for a friend today. Shit. Are you let's ready? Go. Are you ready? Hot seat? I was born ready. Do you have questions for me? No. Okay. Well, I'll let you ask two. I don't if Okay, you, if, if they come two. up, oh, yeah. Okay, just two. What if I want three? I'll see. All right, we'll see. I'll think about it. Okay, come on. Okay. Shoot. So, shoot. So, okay, we are going to start with this is one of the number one questions that I always get from listeners is, are we dating other people besides each other at the moment? Well, are we even dating right now? At the moment? So uh, I would, in like technically, yes. Uh, but we're not dating anybody. Like you went on a few dates recently. Mm -hmm. And I think the only time that we've been really going out in this last year and a half is when Let's say you're gone on a trip to Africa and I'm just sitting around the house like I got to do something, right? But we haven't gone out really exploring or at least for myself feeling the need to go explore. Mm -hmm. So it's only really when you're, you're gone and I miss you and I'm just like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go out. Yeah, I think when we're apart is definitely when we'll try to entertain ourselves. But I think since, well, since Carly's been pregnant, our lives are so full. And yeah. you're so busy with work that I think the majority of the time that we have that's not work-related or prepping for babies, we want to spend it with each other. That's correct. I think we've been dating more actively than I would, I would agree with that we have in a long time. That, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, my life feels very fulfilled and I'm very content with everything. Where but I don't, also you, sorry. don't find myself really seeking all that much. But do I, you know... I would forgot want you, to. You just went on vacation and had a fling. Yeah. Ish. Like, yeah, but I mean, you hooked up with somebody. Yeah. Like a week ago. Right. See, it happens so frequently we don't even remember. Yeah. No, yeah, that, that I did. I did hook up with somebody. But you know, eh, that was that was just for fun. Yeah. We're not dating anyone. The, I, the word dating means we're actually like seeing other people. Right. I think that, you know, we're so full in our own relationship I with agree. each other. We're going on a date tonight. We are going on a date tonight. We're going on a bike ride. Yep. That's what we do. That's what you do when you're almost 40. And when you don't fit into your lingerie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> because my body has changed so much. Anyway. Um, so, okay. This is a great, this is a, this is a question that's kind of a follow-up. Is what do we do when the other one is on a date? I guess we kind of already answered this, sharing that we often don't go out with other people unless one of us is out of town or we're apart for some reason. Yeah. Like we both travel a ton. So generally we're traveling. So like you, you know, we're at a real estate conference or whatever. 
And that's when I'm going to be like hopping on fields and seeing like if I can entertain myself for the night. Um, if you're – I'm trying to think, have I been home while you've gone out on a date before? Like, not for a long time. Not for a really, not long, for a really long time. I, I know what I do when she's on a date. You don't really do much when I'm on a date. Like, you don't, like, want to know that much. In fact, you recently told me, you're like, I don't really want to know. Yeah, so we've – and I don't think I've talked about this on the show. Yeah. Because you never come on. But we we have been experimenting with don't ask, don't tell for me. Because I found that, you know, we've always been like such an open book with each other. And that's always worked for us because we love open communication. We love to over communicate and we never wanted to have any secrets. Well, the spice of him being with someone else has sort of been diminished for me over the years, which is fine because him going out with other people isn't necessarily to serve me. Um, I've grown out of that a long time ago. And I think that bringing back in a new dynamic of you going on dates and me not knowing what's happening or, you know, what is being talked about, what sort of this other person is all about. Um, I like to know your intentions and motives because actually when I was in Africa and then I went to Italy with my dad is when you did go on a few dates with the intention of maybe like seeing you know, if it went anywhere. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I guess it didn't go anywhere. No, because I'm looking for, I was looking for something, I'm looking for something meaningful right now. Yeah. I'm not looking for just hookups. So I don't think it really went. That's but that kind of contradicts what you just said about yeah. not really looking for anything because your life is so full. Yeah. Well, actually, let me put some color on that. Yeah. It's because I'm not looking for someone. If, if I go on it, I need it to be special. I want it to mm. be special. I want it to be meaningful. Because it's got to be really special for that person for me to want to take away time from you and to take away from my work and mm -hmm. to take away from everything I'm already doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really, but I would I do like deep down for sure. You know that I am looking for like a relationship kind of um, kind of thing in my life. Yeah. I, well, and I'm glad that you shared that sort of overall picture because it does speak to the fact that we are polyamorous and at the end of the day you know i mean i identify that way i think you like teeter the line between like non-monogamy and polyamory but at the end of the day we both want meaningful connections with other people as the backdrop of our life correct yeah it's never going to go away it's yeah. always like who we are as people that we feel like we could share love give love receive love from multiple people are we actively seeking it in this moment maybe not but if we're popping away for a dinner with someone else or going to a party with someone else, we want it to have substance. Yeah. Like, for example, on, on those two dates, which is, you know, something very different that I uh, typically never did, is I wouldn't have sex with them on the first date. Because mm -hmm. I, I just, I wanted to build something to see if it were lasted to keep mm -hmm. up that energy going. Um, and yeah, I'm the one who actually kind of initiated like, okay, like, this was a really fun, fun night, and let's end it here, basically. Yeah. So, did they want to have sex? One for sure. The the other one, I felt like it was definitely a, uh, I I could have asked, and it probably could have gone that way, but I don't even ask. I just yeah. wanted to end the date. The other one, we we were at my house. We were our house in the hot tub. It could have happened. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, we didn't really answer the question though. If I, <laughs> I just realized that we get so deviated. Um, if I'm out on a date and you're home, what do you do to pass the time? I think that's what people want to know. What do I do? I pass the time. I mean, whatever I I do at home, I don't know. Uh, go in the backyard, jacuzzi, read a book, watch TV, football if it's on, work. But what I will tell you is, which I think is quite fun. I don't know if you've ever mentioned this. Is um, I know when Jessica goes on a date, she always has a mini freak out right before the date. So I always have to push Jessica into going because <laughs> Jessica, true. every time she's about to go on a date with somebody new, she texts me saying, maybe I don't go. You know what? Like, I don't know if I'm feeling it. I'm tired. And then I just always have to remind her, baby, every time you end up going, you have an incredible time. It's true. And you're like, yeah, you're right. I go. 
it's just like so the funny. older I get, the less patience and excitement I have about meeting new people, which is kind of, I don't know, sad in a way, but it's just the truth of it. I think too, especially like moving into the season of becoming a mom, it's like I know how sacred my energy is and I don't have a lot of it right now, especially since I started, you know, like pumping and stuff six, five weeks ago now. So this just happened the other night. So I have gone on a couple of dates recently, as Pasha mentioned. And um, I mean, meaningful connections are always great, but I also just am in the season where I love the physical. You guys know this about me for the last year. I've been talking about it, how I went from needing connection and needing to like it's dating so someone to just <laughs> wanting to get it in, you know, and it's all about like having that release for me, having that like new, you know, new dick energy, which I feel like revitalizes me and our relationship and all of that. So, but I'll answer the question too. If I'm ever sitting home and you're on a date, um, I, it's like, I, I don't really think about you dating much. I mean, I might like take a bath or just go about my business at home. And I think what pe why people ask this is they might have trouble being home while their partner's on a date. They're stewing about it. They're thinking about it. They want to know like how to pass the time or how to manage uncomfortable emotions. But I think because we're so seasoned, because we've been doing this for 10 years, we don't have a lot of uncomfortable emotions when the other is on a date. No, I love it. You I love when excited. you're on a date. I love when you're on a date. Do you ever masturbate when I'm on a date? For sure. Are you kidding me? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Okay. Just check. I want to know all the details. Yeah. Pasha's definitely not into don't ask, don't tell. No, no, I like it because it's it's fun for me. Okay. Next question. Um, have you felt like we've been in different stages of life sometimes and how do you work through that? Well, these questions are stacked so beautifully. Thank you, Allie, because we have, and we just sort of touched on it, how we've completely flip-flopped. Like, I used to need connection. For sure. You used to be in it for fun, physical sure. experiences. Um, I mean, although, like, you have dated other women consistently for, like, a year, you know, yeah. at a time. Um, but I think also it's worth mentioning just the different stages that we've been in life with our careers um, I think we were both so career driven for the last, mm -hmm. I mean, four or five years once, you know, you started to build Evoke and I mean, you're still in that place where you're hyper career driven and I have started to like park the car to get ready for mommy life. Started. You did park the car. I did park the car. Um, I'm, uh, definitely, uh, <laughs> What? What I'm, are you? I'm definitely going to devote myself to motherhood, you know, mm -hmm. full time. And uh, I'll be sharing more about this at the end of this episode. Um, but yeah, I think what I want to what I want to say is something that's not talked about often on the show, something that we haven't broached too much. Like we've talked about the tough times oh. last time you were on the show, but we have really, I think, leaned into our careers and it was to the deficit of our marriage and sometimes still is when we're not careful um i would argue that was more than a deficit at some points yeah yeah you want to talk about it sure where are we going with it <laughs> well, let's you, go <laughs> you poked I you said poke. more than a no, deficit. it was it was tough i mean i i think we got really clear on the fact of what our expectations was for this for this marriage and i think the byproduct of both of us being super career driven when we didn't need to be was driving us apart. It was driving a massive wedge in between our relationship mm -hmm. and it was only getting wider and deeper and worse as time went on. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for me, what I feel very grateful for now is, and I've expressed this to you many times is that I feel like we're a, a family unit now. Mm. Like we're making family decisions based on what's best for us as a whole instead of what's best for us individually. And that was really wedging us apart. Um, do you want to talk about yeah. about all that and you giving up all those careers and like what was like the thought process? and Giving up all those careers? 
<laughs> like I love how you said it because I had so many. I was doing a lot. I had many facets to my business and um, the different aspects of what I was offering, and it was just too much. Um, but I didn't see it, and we were both working too much. I mean, we. Everyone always wonders if it's like the non-monogamy and seeing other people that will make you grow apart. And there are so many reasons why relationships will have hard times and why people why people grow apart. And I think that focusing on career is like one of the biggest ones. I mean, I always make the joke we've never really gone to therapy because we're open, but we're in therapy because we're workaholics. And it got to the point where I finally saw that I was pouring myself into whether it be ceremony or this podcast or um, coaching people, um, you know, building a brand, like all of these different things because of my programming from childhood that like my worth is connected to how much I can produce and also just my, the way that I want to see people transform and help them. It's like, I was addicted to it. And so anytime I would think of another thing that I could do that could help people, the motto in my mind was always like, if not me, then who? Like, oh, I have to go build that thing now or have to provide that thing for people. Um, and I really took, because our marriage has always been so good and because we are so evenly matched, I think that I and, and you as well took it for granted and didn't realize that it was like its own living organism that needed care and attention and focus, truly, and that it needs to have like energy poured into it. And we weren't making time for that or space for that even. And I would say it was about a year and a half ago that we really got serious and also like talked to Gia about it because we were not in a good place. And she was like, you guys, first of all, you have the American syndrome of being workaholics. Mm -hmm. And she really helped us realize, okay, we have to shut it down after dinner. Like, we cannot go back to work. So these are like some plain, I think, like steps that you can follow if you, this is resonating with you and you're like, oh, I might be also a workaholic. And, you know, I don't know my partner. We feel like roommates. It's like, well we had to realize that like after dinner should be our time. And then it was like, oh, okay, well, after dinner, we're both exhausted. And all we want to do is like get on the couch and veg out or like read a book and not have to verbalize, not have to really like spend energy. So then I realized too that we have to make time for each other during the day mm -hmm. even because at night we're so spent. And it it really had me look at, my life, I mean, this is such a long-winded answer, but that's one of the reasons that I stopped doing ceremonies because they were so draining and I have to devote so much of my time and energy to them. Um, and it's, I used to do two episodes a week of the show and like scaled back on that because it was just so draining and it gave us the space to travel, which we did this spring and summer and really focus on building a stronger foundation for having quality time, which is my love language. Um, and seeing that, you know, you also pour so much into your work. And I know that this has been like, as we round the, almost to the, you know, home, home plate line, yeah. of like having children, I think something that's still a little bit of friction for us is like, okay, now, now I've stopped working so much. Now you work a ton because you're building something incredible and you have this team and you guys are in your toddler stages right now, I think, or maybe even adolescence of your business. And what is that balance going to be for you? Because I'm like, I need you. I, I need know. quality I know. time. Well, I, I think it's really important to know that, you know, I've made a massive effort that after five or six o'clock does not work. So you, mm -hmm. you just see me in the daytime and you see how intense it is. Mm -hmm. And I think you're picking up on that energy. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely a very interesting uh, time to be able to... Well, right now, everything in work that I'm doing is so that I can step away more so. So it's a very stressful time, you know. Um, After the kids are born. Yeah. When we'll have zero time for each other. Yeah. Um, and I think one, also, one thing I wanted to really know that I thought was really beautiful that I think needs to come up in conversation is that 
our masculine feminine energy were polarized because mm. of it. And I think like that's really, really important to notice as well too, as being a byproduct of us having more time for each other. Mm -hmm. um, because when you work, you have to be in your masculine, like typically, right? And so- Well, that's where I was operating from. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So two masculine energies don't really work out. Mm -hmm. And we were able to, to have that polarity again in our relationship as well, which I think is really important. Mm -hmm. Need to note that. Yeah. 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 All right. Shall we move on? Let's move on. Have we answered that fully? Yeah. Have we approved? <sighs> okay. How do we deal with jealousy? The only thing I'm jealous of is Pasha's work. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> you spend way too much time on your business. I work about nine to five. And so. It's too much for me. It is. Like Jessica was in my office the other day. And she's just asking me like four different questions about things. Like I'm in the middle of like something intense for work. And I'm like, babe, I, I, I'm going to answer this later. Yeah. Um, jealousy. I I don't typically get jealous. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we've already talked about all our jealousy stuff in the past. Yeah. we There's a couple great episodes. Pasha did a few episodes of the show in, in the first year of the show. We'll link them in the show notes. Um, do you want to give like a high level of like how you worked through it when you sure got jealous before i think once um jealousy for me really resonates from my childhood like traumas and wounds and that was abandonment issues you know just having my mother kind of leave the family thing and and not be with us and my dad having to give up everything so um when i there when i anytime jealousy came up for me really the underlying root was abandonment and not feeling like I'm priority. And what we really found out, even though we had some like hard times around that jealousy for me, because I, I like, it, I held it in for so long, came out as a resentment, all these things. I just really learned how to tell Jessica how to love me better mm -hmm. and how to show me love when she's out with somebody else or whatnot. I just always need to feel like I'm number one. With that said, if I feel that safety, like I, in my mind, Jessica go do anything and have whatever she wants and so as long as i feel like priority so i had to work through that jealousy usually i always say that jealousy it's either jealousy or dislike and sometimes you can't really distinguish either or and you have to really spend some time understanding what that is if it is jealousy it's usually an insecurity that you have to really kind of uncover and figure out why you have that jealousy uh, it's usually a fear-based decision you made as a child um, and then secondly if it's a dislike it's an actual just dislike it's just like i don't like that so, but a lot of people convolute the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's so worth it to get underneath the feeling because just calling something jealousy, I think, is being lazy with your emotions. Really, very lazy. That's a good way to put it. Do the emotional labor because you're going to find all the gems under there. You cannot go through the healing process if you stick your head in the sand, like, I'm jealous. I don't want to deal with it. Well, then you're always going to feel that thing. Yep. So it's it's in the like uncovering what it is and going underneath it um, that that's where like the real fruit of it is. And that's when you can actually express it and not feel that uncomfortable thing anymore. Yeah. Jealousy, jealousy is an, a tool and an indicator to something that you can work on that's deeper and more prevalent. And when you go through that fire and when you have those uncomfortable conversations and own your own jealousy, don't make it like your partner's fault, that's when you can actually get closer. Because I think the thing that you said that I love the most, I want to highlight, is it taught you how to communicate to me what your needs were and how to love you better yeah. and show up for you. Um, yeah, I think, too, what I'll share on this because... It's very rare that I'm jealous as well. Uh, one of the things that I like to play with is, okay, what does jealousy feel like in my body? And if it's not jealousy, like what is this like maybe this insecurity feel like or what is this like envy feel like or what is this um, comparison that I'm experiencing? Am I feeling competition, right? And I'm, I'm using this as something to play with, right? Does it create adrenaline for me? Does it create scarcity? What does scarcity feel like? Because a lot of times like 
that feels like anxiety or, you know, what is it? Is it sweaty palms? Is it like not being able to stop thinking about it? Am I obsessing over like what they're doing? Um, and I like playing with those emotions because they feel the same way as excitement in the body. Yeah. Um, and I've like talked about this before, but our emotions, we name them. Like we have the ability to say, oh, when my breath shortens and my palms are sweaty, I'm really nervous about something. Or you can say, I'm really excited about something. We have the physiological experience, but then you add the cognitive like experience on top of it and you label it. So you're in the driver's seat of labeling this as a negative or as a positive. And so, like I said, this doesn't happen for me anymore, but back back in the day when we were babies at this, um, I was in a lot of emotional intelligence classes. So I was able to be like, oh, okay, I'm in the driver's seat. Like, let me feel all of this because like we're meant to feel. And I would create a whole experience and almost have like this ceremony around it, um, which can be a lot of fun, you know? And like jealousy creates desire that's, you know, it's it's unpopular opinion, whatever, unpopular opinion or hot take, who knows. But when you have distance with your partner or there's mystery, like they're out doing something and you don't know every single thing that it is, that's what used to excite me. It's like, oh, okay, there's like something to uncover here, mm -hmm. you know, when he gets home and that would turn me on. So I would say like, <laughs> don't be afraid to play with what you think is jealousy because there's so much more underneath it um well yeah. said baby well said thanks i do this for a living although it doesn't make any money <laughs> <laughs> um okay so preparing for babies preparing for babies we've changed a lot in the last yeah nine it months. does remind me of the the reel you sent me yesterday oh, that was really funny yeah it's basically a woman who's eight months pregnant and prepared preparing for having children she's like washing bottles and folding clothes and it's like how i prepare for babies and then clip to how my husband prepares and he's like swirling around in a field doing nothing <laughs> yeah yeah which is how i felt this morning when you know carly's at her 35 week appointment and pasha's like there's a doctor's appointment today i don't know it's supposed to be on the chat why isn't it on the chat it is on the chat. After the appointment was done. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Carly and I do talk a lot directly. Every single day. Every day. Ten times a day. So yeah. how am I supposed to know these things? Yeah. But what have you been doing to prepare? Honestly, just being the best support to you as I possibly can. <laughs> well, um, I think for me, it's really a, uh, it's mindset for me on how to be a father. Um, Jessica is handling like a champion. All the things that we need, getting the nursery ready, getting, making sure everything's taken care of for when the papies arrive. I feel very safe in that, very taken care of that in that sense. For me, it's all mindset. Um, you know this. I'm doing a solo Aya session tomorrow. It's about how do I become the most present, nurturing father that I can be and to work on like some childhood traumas that are there um, around time and presence. So for me, it's more mindset, but how do I show up? How do I um, be there for you? Because we're going to have twins the most and just getting really my business ready. So that way I can step away and to be that present father. What's the thing you fear the most about becoming a dad? Oh, that's a good question. What do I fear the most? I don't want to ever let my kids feel like I wasn't there for them. That would be what I fear the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I think my biggest fear is not being able to be like a hundred percent for them and a hundred percent for you because Everyone always says, oh, don't like let your marriage, you know, fall to the back burner when you have babies. And it's like, yeah, but we're having two of them and striking that balance. Um, 
I think similar to you, I don't ever want them to feel like I put anyone before them um, when they're, you know, so young. And I think I'm going to have to use my intuition to like discern when I can make time for you and make sure that like we still pour into this marriage that we learned you could lose if you don't. You yeah. know, we got to that like scary place, you know, where it was like, wait a minute, we don't even enjoy each other. What's, yeah. what's the point? Um, and now we're in a place where we're like so, you know, doing so well and like feels like it feels like that new relationship energy, you know, that like we built on vacation and I don't want to lose that. Mm. And I know that we're going to be tired and grumpy, grumpy and oh, like that, stressed out. That's not the thing I'm most afraid of, but that is something that I am very afraid of because I know how I get when I'm tired. If I don't have one good night's sleep, I am grumpy. Yeah. And that's going to... You, um, <laughs> Allie's face is, it looks Allie like, knows. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, that, that is something that's like, uh, that I'm really scared about, but you know, really though, the end of the day, the kids need to live our lives. Yeah. And I think we're aligned in that. Like we both know that we want to always put our marriage first. For sure. Obviously in the beginning, it's going to be hard, right? hundred percent. We're going to be focused on them fully until, you know, we know they're healthy and they start to crawl around and. We could yeah. start to do date nights and I know there's going to be some tough times with I think that is to be expected. Mm -hmm. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics and games? Then you should be listening to the great pop culture debate back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Yeah, I'm excited for your Aya session. Me too. Um, yeah, I I was thinking about doing something similar, like a ceremony. I mean, we, we did a ceremony in Lisbon together, um, but I was like, do I do ayahuasca? One more time, you know, before becoming a parent. I have on the longest break I've ever been on from the medicine and I haven't sat in ceremony and this November will be two years actually. So I was going to do it and then I felt like I was doing it just because I felt like, oh, it'll be the last time. And I was like not feeling drawn to it. It's yeah. not like a big enough reason. Um, and then my milk came in. So I Next now, step. yeah, um, can't. And so while you were gone this weekend um, on your leadership retreat I had like a cacao ceremony for myself in the nursery and I it was really beautiful I actually felt like I went into a very like out-of-body state of prayer I was just praying um for like the health of the babies and the health of Carly and for Carly to have like this smooth delivery and it took me into a place of um forgiveness and I spent so much time releasing any old ties that I had for anyone in my life that's ever that I felt like has ever like wronged me and I not like a grudge holder kind of person but it made me realize that sometimes those cords are still there um and I like cut a lot of those cords and I gave myself Reiki and sent Reiki to the babies and it was like amazing I I, I forgot to tell you about it so happy um, you're a sorceress for our babies. Yeah. It was like, and everything came together. I like went out and got myself flowers in the morning. And then um, for people that are interested in like how I would prepare for a ceremony um, and how I always would try to like come really clean to the ceremony and to create an altar. I took like a salt bath. Um, and yeah, I just like, ha it was it was very sacred. And I'm happy that I did it. And cacao is like its own amazing medicine even though i couldn't mm. indulge in some kind of psychedelic like i wanted to get mushroom ceremony or ayahuasca ceremony um but there will be plenty of time for that later in my life yeah that's really beautiful baby i love that you did that yeah we haven't even been able to download with each other on that i'm yeah on this is ceremony for me i plan on going the deepest i've ever gone really yeah because every time we've done an is ceremony we've always had people around us and i can't help you know this i yeah. can't help 
feel responsible for everybody else when they're around. Right. It's just kind of who I am. It's ingrained in who I am always. Yeah. I mean, and because we're hosting too. And we're hosting, yeah. but I've, I've done it elsewhere before. And, you know, I, I don't know. And I just, it just kept calling to me that like, I have to do a solo journey by myself and I have to go as deep as possible as I can. This is because being stepping into fatherhood is literally the biggest thing I will ever do in my life. There is, there's just one of one. Um, so I want to really, really uncover and, you know, having like some breathwork sessions and some really intense therapy sessions, a lot of these things that I thought I had worked on or a lot of these things that I don't even know about have been popping up bef like uh, in front of me ahead of the children. I'm just like, fuck, man. <laughs> like I, what? Like I'm pretty good. I've worked on all this crap. Um, uh, it's a lot of, a lot of the pieces are like the abandonment issues and time and time and presence and how, like a memory that I forgot about when I was younger my grandfather passing away and how like he was really the only adult as a child that spent time with me. Mm. And there was no other adult that ever really like spent just one-on-one -on -one quality time with me that was present with me. Mm. So realizing that was like why I kind of have built this persona or this character of myself where I'm, it's hard for me to be present. Um, because I don't know that as a child. I don't, I don't think you just were just present with people. Mm. So that's a big thing I'm going to step into. And um, there's some other things that I want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. You could practice being present with me. I am right here right now. I know. I'm giving you art. <laughs> I know. You just, but you want like 24 7 <laughs> presence all the time, no I matter do. what. Not with just me, I'm but very with, much in my feminine. Not, I want it I know, all, I know. all the time. But not even just with me, with everybody. Yeah. Jessica just wants everybody at all. Me and Coco, her best friend, had like a little 30-minute meeting. And she's like, wait, wait. Why am I not invited? I want to be in it. <laughs> Let me join. Yeah, I just didn't know that there was a meeting happening. <laughs> um, do, you, do you think that the kids will change our relationship dynamic at all? I mean, more so than what we've already talked about? I mean, I... Obviously, the logical answer is yes. Yeah. What way? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. I do think we're going to be talking about our kids a lot more. We'll have a lot more to talk about in that sense. But I don't know. I don't know what I don't know yet. I can't answer that. That's just too far in the future. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get asked this all the time, and I have answered it so many times in Same. so many different ways. But uh, we'll do it one more time. Are we going to be open still? When we have kids, yeah. yes. We are going to be open. But given the path that we're already on, where we're not really going out and dating and seeing other people that much, I I expect that to amplify now that we have children because we're going to want to be with family. But yes, I think it's just an ingrained part of our relationship right now. And I think we both independently want connection and a potentially relationship later on mm -hmm. but it's not going to be for a long time yeah i think it's just this is the, the thing the nature of how we talk about people who are non-monogamous versus people who are monogamous it's sort of like this orientation that we have that's not just it's not a switch that we could just turn off um it's part of who we are as people and sure will it die down the same way he'll probably play a lot less pickleball when we have kids. I love pickleball. Uh, we'll probably date less when we have kids. Yeah. Um, but we do want to make time for each other to have that outlet if yeah. and when we want it. It's a very spicy outlet and it's, it's very enjoyable. So yeah. I don't think we're ever going to turn it off. Okay. Well, do you have any questions for me? No. All right. I told you you could ask too. I, nothing's coming to my mind. <laughs> okay, good. I don't answer your questions anyway. You gave me really hard questions last time you were on the show. Um, okay, so we're going to jump into these asking for a friend questions. Again, these are anonymous questions from our listeners. There is a box on our website that you can pop a question in if you do not want to be named, and we will answer it on the show. Um, okay, so this is kind of a lengthy one but uh, we really liked it. So 
I'm just going to read the whole thing. Get in there. Don't read that's, it. I'm, just I'm listen. Not, that's a lot of words. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what needs I desire to be met by my primary partner and what needs I'm okay to outsource. I'm currently in a monogamous relationship where everything is great, apart from the fact that his sex drive is near zero and mine is what I would guess to be average for a woman of my age. I'm 29 and a few weeks, uh, a few times a week would be great. It's currently more like twice a month. We've discussed being open and he says he's okay with me having sex with other people. He's an advocate for non-monogamy, which deep down I think I am too. I just have a lot more unlearning from my Disney childhood to do. The thing I'm battling with is I do want my primary partner to be more sexual and romantic. Or am I okay with having that missing at home and mostly getting it elsewhere? It's so hard for me to figure out because my morals, values, hobbies, and vision for the future and life goals are so aligned with my current partner. It's just this one big piece that's missing. And I feel like I'd want this to be coming from him. Help. Love from a very confused listener. Yeah, I think I think you're not alone, really. Jessica gave a talk once, which I don't agree with the title, but your partner's not your superhero. Not, not supposed to be. Yeah, I know. Uh, but but the, it rings really true. So why, uh, you know, I guess you're having conflicting beliefs of what I think you intuitively understand that I think it's okay to outsource some of your needs, but also be in love with your partner and all the, the goodness that your partner gives to you. Um, and I really would just challenge you to challenge your beliefs, do a lot of that, you know, and if it, that doesn't work for you, if you are looking for that, that one person to satisfy all your needs, which by the way, at some point, any new partner you get will satis not satisfy every single one of your needs to the way that we have dreamed up in our society and these Disney movies, as you mentioned. There is no such thing. Something will be lacking in some way. It might be minute, it might be bigger, but there's no going to be one person that's going to fulfill everything that you need in your life. So with that, why can't you just love somebody for the way they are? understand that that's just who they are and then also be okay with going and getting your needs met elsewhere and by the way i would argue that that potential will bring you guys even closer when you are feeling whole and satisfied in general mm -hmm. because then you're going to be able to share these experiences of what really turned you on or what really like satisfied you and then he's going to feel the freedom to be able to talk to you about um his desires and what he's looking for and creates a better relationship with that. Um, I don't know how you get to that. Some things that I would highly recommend is journaling um, is really, you know, if you are into plant medicine, go do plant medicine, even though I don't think we should be recommending that. Actually, don't recommend that um, for just the airship of like this. But you can look I into do. it. It's okay, okay, then okay. Then I mean, if you're, you're feeling plant. called to it, I think if you're being called different. for it, go, yeah. go do it. Then the day, I think some kind of therapy. One thing that I think is really uh, abundantly clear is that not enough people listen to what they actually believe and know to be the truth because society puts so many of these constraints. You hear it from your friends and you hear it from on TV the way things should be, but you are just different and you have that and people struggle. For example, I have always known that I've been okay with a kind of open relationship kind of status. It always knew it turned me on and I don't know how to label it. I don't know how to describe it, but I was always open to it in past relationships, even though I never did it. But then only to realize like, I'm just me and I'm okay with that and really fuck everybody else and fuck what everyone else thinks or fuck whatever society thinks, whatever rings true to you, as long as you're being a good person and you're communicating that with your partner and you're doing everything um, ethically, then it's totally fine to be you. And I I would just, I guess at the end of the day, we just have to listen to our intuition and you need to clear out the clutter and be able to get to that core place and listen to your intuition, whether that's journaling, plant medicine, therapy, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, this just made me think of a question that I want to ask you, which I will, but I'll, I'll put an end cap on this. For this listener, it sounds like you already are kind of on the precipice and just from what you said um like you're just trying to dismantle everything you've been taught you should do and feel um so it sounds like 
your gut is telling you that it's okay to try this out at least and get your needs met. So I would say like as Pasha said, trust what you want and what is going to work for you in your relationship. As you said, everything else in your relationship is incredible and you have life goals together and you're so aligned and you want to stay in that. Um, and also not putting each other in a box like this sex drive and I don't know how long you've been together and how long the libidos have been sort of mixed matched or whatever, but this could be a season and being with other people can create more desire and chemistry within your own relationship. So be open to where it's going to go and try it out. And if you don't like it, you can always shift and do something different, That's but it true. is so worth it to try it. And it sounds like you're in a really good place and you're primed to try it and your partner supports it. So see where it goes and don't hesitate to let us know. One, what, well, this is really the last thing I'm going to mention. This is that, you know, in the, uh, when we first moved to LA, I was working so much. I was, you know, playing poker and then I was doing real estate and I was on a bunch of Adderall. My libido shot down to like nothing. So I actually felt relief when Jessica would go out and explore it and get her needs met because I loved her so much. I wanted her needs to be met. Mm -hmm. It was actually a relief for me when she would go out and then in turn would turn me on more because I was just so in my shit about working so hard. Um, yeah. So it, it, it really was a relief. And I think then when we when we got to be together and like, you know, you had like maybe two nights off a week, it was like, oh, even though I were only together like this one night, you didn't feel all this pressure of me feeling like I'm coming from a lack or yeah, deficit sure. so we can actually like enjoy our time together. Yeah. Let us know how it goes. I'm always curious when people start to dip their toes into non-monogamy. The question that I wanted to ask you was because you said, fuck what everybody else thinks and you have to like stay true to yourself. Um, have you gotten a lot of flack or resistance from other people in your world, in your friends, in your work life for being in an open relationship? I think the only... Uh... I think the biggest judgment that I get, even though they don't express it, I can just read between the lines. Some of my friends will express it, like once we get closer, is that they just don't understand how I'm okay with you having sex with other men. Mm -hmm. they, but it's totally fine for you. It is totally to fine for women. me. It's incredible, like awesome. And then they ask the question, well, wait, does she sleep with other men? And I just, I just can't help but smile. Be like, obviously, <laughs> like, duh. But it's not obvious to them because they're used to society being so. Of course. And um, and they just don't know how that works, and then they're just really like perplexed. And I just tell them like, listen, first of all, if I'm gonna be able to do something, she's gonna be able to do something. Secondly, it turns me on. I like it. I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I enjoy you being satisfied and having, you know, newness energy. And at the end of the day, I just trust you immensely. I think the only really big reason why people get afraid of fear of this kind of relationship is because, well, well, if they're having sex with somebody else, they're cheating on you and they're they're going to leave you, mm -hmm. which is not the case at all. Well, that's how a monogamous person would think. That's the way the society has made people think. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. But the thing is, with non-monogamy, you get to have both. And you don't have to leave your partner that you're happy with. Yeah, just it's because great. you're having experiences with someone else. Well, I'm happy that you got to educate them on uh, equality. and But also, I think what you didn't touch on, and I always think that this is it for a lot of men, I think men are afraid of what other men will think more so than they might even be jealous or insecure that their partner is going to leave them i yeah. think it's like oh how could you like like we how could you let that happen a lot but it's like because a lot of men think that it's emasculating let me let me let me let me say something like that. I think there's always outliers. I think there's a lot of men who are those that like that macho, egotistical type. For the most part, though, like the people I've told aren't like that. Like I don't have friends that are really like that. Yeah. So yes, I I understand. There's a lot of men out there, just like with any kind of swath of population, there are the outliers mm -hmm. that make everyone else look bad because of that. Um, 
but I really do think it's a like because there have like you know I know there are people that are out there like well no you have to you have to be the man and like this like and that means they can't do this and like fuck that and you get to do whatever you want that is a you know I don't I I don't think there's there's a lot of people who may think that or whatnot but the people that I've said it to no not like that okay well thank you for answering that because i know that that's something that our listeners think about a lot and it's why they won't even try it it keeps them from trying it for Um, sure people are a lot more understanding than you think like and that's the thing that i really loved about this relationship is that most people become more understanding with education and just if you're authentic they're going to be authentic too yeah Thanks for coming on the show, my love. That's what I do. Yeah. That's what I do. We covered One a year lot and a half later. today, a year and a half later. Pasha agreed to come on the show twice a year when we first did it. Um, and <laughs> I figured we had to squeeze him in one last time because um, I mentioned this uh, in last week's episode, in my solo episode, The Maternity Issue. Um, but if you haven't listened to it yet, then you're about to find out that I am taking a maternity leave. So this Mm -hmm. is, in fact, my very last episode uh, with someone else on the show, uh, with you on the show, before I bring on our new host. Yeah, I know. And she's incredible. The new host is awesome. Yeah, so I really can't wait to see where the show goes and what happens because it is taking on a completely new... Uh, twist and a new perspective from non-monogamy and alternative relationship styles to a new topic, which we have not talked about a lot on this show. Of course, we're still going to talk about sex, love, relationships, and dating and how people navigate their uniqueness in relationship. Um, But this host is bringing so much cleverness, sass, experience in her realm, and I think a lot of humor. She's so. incredible. Sass is a good word yeah. for her. She is, she's all, she's wildly entertaining and awesome and crazy and nuts and incredible yeah. at the same time. I know we've, we've been friends, the three of us for like nearly a decade. Yeah. I met her through you mm-hmm. from when you used to play poker. And um, yeah, so I'll leave it at that. I don't want to give away too much about who she is. You will get to see her again next week. And just know that I am going to miss doing this. I really, really am. But I am feeling so called to devote myself to motherhood and to these babies 1,000%. And we'll see how long that'll be. Um, I'll be checking in probably every other month, giving you life updates. I'm going to come back on the show and do these Asking for a Friend episodes. Um, So stay tuned for that. And we'll see. Maybe I'll be back in six months. Open early. For a year. Open early. Up late. Um, (laughs) No sleep. (laughs) The show might just be called Team No Sleep. Team No Sleep. Um, It used to mean so much different a few years ago. Yeah. But I do see myself coming back and the show growing and evolving with me as I become a mom, a polyamorous mother of twins. And um, I'm really excited. So thank you all so, so much for supporting me and for being here with me and understanding that this is um, what I need to do at this moment to be 100% present for my family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I will see you next week with my final episode introducing the new host of Openly Podcast. I love you all. Thank you so much. Peace out. Mm -hmm.